Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Welcome back to the Millennial Prophets Perspective. This is your boy, Christopher DeShannon. I'm so excited that you have come back. I have some great things lined up for this episode. We took a week off, but we're back. We got some things coming for you this season that you're going to be excited for. So stay tuned. We're going to open up this week with our main ministry. And this week's main ministry is coming from Alex L on Instagram. That is Alex E-L-L-E on Instagram. And the meme for this week says, I can and still, it's two columns. And it tells us that I can leave a relationship and still miss the person I left. I can show up and be kind and still exercise healthy boundaries. I can change for better and still have work to do. I can love a person deeply and still keep them at a distance. I can heal from my past and still wish things were different. I can outgrow people and still want the best for them. I can rest and recharge and still be productive. I can grieve and still welcome joy. What this mean means to me is that there are so many different things that we experience in life that we look at as one-sided. When so everything in life is multifaceted, there is all always, we talked about in a previous episode, there's a yes to every no. So there's always something else to whatever the situation is. There's always more that more to what you're going through than what you see. I love where it says you can leave a relationship and still miss the person that you left. And I think that is one of the things that we as millennials, we deal with a lot of. We leave relationships, whether it's friendships, um, partnerships for work, whatever the case is. And a lot of times we feel like, oh, because I left that relationship, I'm not allowed, I'm not afforded those emotions of missing the people or missing missing even the situation. You can leave it. You can to be totally done with something and still wish that it had worked out differently. You could be on the process of healing. You could have healed in some areas and still have a lot more healing to do. So I want us to understand that there's never, we're never done there. Whatever the situation is, is never done because just because it seems over just because you may not have to deal with the effects immediately anymore, there is still a lasting effect on everything that we go through. There's always more to the situation than what we perceive with our natural eyes. So that's why I truly believe that discernment is very key in your everyday life. And I don't mean, I'm not being deep when I say discernment. I don't mean, oh Lord, show me this. Because if you pray, you know, he'll show you. If you got relationship, he'll show you anyway. But when I say discernment, it is very important that we weigh all options in, in every situation. Because a lot of times we will forfeit what we could have had or we will forfeit what could have come out of the situation because we only looked at it from our perspective. That's one thing that I love about the millennial prophet's perspective. It's not just my perspective. And that's one thing that I love about today's episode. You're not just going to hear from me. You're going to get to hear from a fellow millennial and hear their perspective. So moving right along, our scripture for today is taken from Deuteronomy, the 22nd chapter and the fifth verse in the King James Version. And it says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do, so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Now, whew, I have to sigh when I, when I read the scripture, when I think of, the things that I was taught concerning the scripture, when I think of even the things that so many people still believe today concerning the scripture, 
This is probably one of the most controversial scriptures, one of the more controversial scriptures in religion specifically. Um, one of the most important things that I realize about the scriptures that it is in the Old Testament. Not saying that it does not apply to today's life, but in the Old Testament, they were under the law. And one of the things that that I think is so key to understanding and applying this scripture is to understand your culture. Because for one, the, the scripture does not say a woman should not wear pants. That is what I have heard a million and one Pentecostal apostolic women tell me to my face. That's why they don't wear pants. Because the Bible say a woman shouldn't wear that which pertains to a man. Well, guess what, baby? If you want to go in the snow with your skirt on and your slip, you go right ahead. You can put you some long johns and some thermals under there if you want to. But it's still not going to be the same. I don't even think they even make snow skirts. So you mean to tell me God have placed you in a region that it'll snow. God have graced you for an assignment to go all across the world. And God told you, even when you go in the snow, put on you a skirt. He probably the same God that told you when you go to the beach to put on your long denim skirt too. That's probably, that's probably the God that you're talking to. That's not the one I'm talking to. That's not the one I'm referring to. But one of the things that, that I think we have to take into into consideration with the scripture is that every culture is different. Every culture does not believe the way we believe. There in Scotland, the guys wear what in America we may view as a dress or a skirt, and it's called a kilt. That's their culture. So that scripture, it still applies to them, but it does not apply to them the way that we would want it to apply to them. It doesn't even apply to us the way that we would want it to apply to us. Yes, and the thing that, that I think a lot of us fail to realize in our generation is the B clause or the ending clause of the scripture that says for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Now, as we, as we understand, it's not saying that a woman shouldn't wear pants. My personal belief as a child, I was, you know, because that, that just my, my upbringing was apostolic Pentecostal at the time. So I was told that women shouldn't wear pants. And that was the scripture that they gave me to defend it. Now, granted, I'm a man. So I was wearing pants anyway, so it didn't bother me none. It wasn't until I got older and there were certain things that I wanted to wear that were saw as female items or were more feminine. Even though it was in the men's section, it was viewed as feminine. And even with those things, to me, I just could I couldn't seem to wrap my mind around it. And it wasn't until I got a little older, got a bit more experience, and I realized that. A lot of Christians equate your appearance to your lifestyle. They uh, they equate your clothing to your sexuality. They equate your clothing to your mentality, to your mindset. When truly, most times our fashion has nothing to do with who we are at our core. It has everything to do with how we feel that day. Most times we don't dress for our life every day, but we dress for the day or dress for the moment every day. Now... In this scripture, it, it tells us that it is abomination to the Lord thy God, which directly implies that cross-dressing is an abomination. And even with that thought in mind, we must remember that it says it is an abomination unto the Lord thy God, 
meaning that it's an abomination to God, meaning that it's God's problem. It's God's objective. It's God's issue to deal with, not ours. So guess what? Yes, they may dress in a way that the Bible tells us that they shouldn't, or and that may be your perception, but it's not your job or responsibility to judge them. It's only your job and responsibility to show them the love of God so that God can deal with them concerning what they're doing that he doesn't want them to do. It's really that simple. Let God be God. So the moral of this scripture for today is put on your clothes and don't worry about mine. Now, moving right along, our spotlight of the week is, are there, is the spirit associated with the look? And before we dive into the spotlight of the week, I want to bring on our guest for the week, one of my closest friends in my real life, one of the most creative and fashion-forward individuals that I know. I would like to introduce to you all my very, very, very good friend, Nick Scott. Everybody give him a hand of... What is it? Oh, a round of applause. Yeah, that. <laughs> so welcome, Nick. Um, we're happy to have you here on the Millennial Prophets Perspective today. Is there anything you would like to say to our audience? Well, for one, I want to say thank you for inviting me and giving me a chance to speak. Um, it's not every day that I, uh, I say yes to certain engagements. Um, so knowing how you think and knowing how you are and progressive, um, how progressive you are in thought, it was a no brainer. Oh, well, I'm honored. And because I know you don't say no, it was definitely an honor um, that you didn't say no. So I want to talk about the spirit, the spirit associated with the look or um, this is just a personal belief of mine. I have come to learn that when I wear certain things, they make me feel certain ways. And that is why, for me, fashion is such a large part of my life because, <clears throat> excuse me, I can change my emotions based on what I wear. If I'm feeling down and gloomy, then more than likely I'll put on something colorful and bright, maybe even sparkly because I do wear sparkles. Men can shine. Thank you. I own sequins, <laughs> rhinestones, all of that. And it came out of my section. So judge your grandmammy, not me. But, excuse me, I want to hear your take on how do you feel? Do you feel that clothes can make you feel a certain type of way and that there is a spirit or an emotion that is connected to certain items and certain style of clothing? Well, for me personally, I don't... I do think that clothes is a great way that people do express how they feel. Um, as far as the religious context of spirits and stuff, I'm not really quick to um, put a spirit on a person based on how they dress. Uh, I can say looking at the world of fashion just in general, like out of, in and out of the church as mm -hmm. a whole, um, fashion is definitely going in in a in a place, going to a place where everybody, for the most part, is looking the same, mm -hmm. um, androgyny um, is definitely at the top of the list when it comes to people changing and how they dress, and that's affecting everybody. 
And it's not a good change or a bad change. It just it, it is what it is. It's just the change. Yeah, it's just the change. At the end of the day, designers make clothes based on consumers. Now, this is why I, why I wanted you to be here to talk about this because you 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 know church, but more importantly, you know fashion, and I think. So many times we have people that discuss things that they really don't understand. Now, my fashion expertise, my fashion sense, I was born with it. I didn't pay attention to nobody. I don't listen to nobody. Don't nobody tell me what to do. I just get up and I say, hmm, what do I have a taste to look like today? And however I taste like looking, that's how I get dressed. But with that being said, okay, and you mentioned androgyny. Explain to the viewer that may not understand the term androgyny what it is. Androgyny is no gender. That there is no gender. Um, and with that being said, it's not a when in church because roles and things that people play in the titles, man and women and what men can do and what women are supposed to do, that kind of, they don't understand that that whole concept of androgyny. Um, okay. So it's, I think that's the conflict. So with, and so what I, what I am taking from what you're saying is that the andro the rise of androgyny in fashion is kind of going hand in hand with the blurring of lines in the human or the family structure as we, knew it years and years ago and centuries ago it was men did this women did this nowadays the husband may stay home and raise the kids the wife may go and work construction and so i think that that plays a major role in where fashion is going and i think fashion now has become more durable and more purposeful you have more people that are more designers now that are giving you all purpose where something that you can wear to work, something that you can wear if you need to go pick up the kids afterwards and go to a practice or a game. If you have to go to a meeting later, if you want to go to a night out with friends. And that's one of my favorite ways to describe my sense of style. It's all purpose because when I get dressed for the day, I want to dress in a manner that no matter what I have to do or where I have to go, I want to feel comfortable and feel confident in any setting with my clothes. What is a key tip that you would give our listeners for feeling comfortable and confident in any setting with your fashion? What what could they do to make sure that when they get dressed to go to a meeting in front of CEOs and founders or when they get dressed to go out for a night out with friends, if if she may be the chubby girl that doesn't see herself as beautiful as her other friends, or if he may be the strawny guy that doesn't feel like he has the muscles as his other other male compadres may, what what tip could you give them to dress confidently and comfortably? I would tell them, I would tell them to dress what, to dress what they feel best represents them, hmm. period. I think we overcomplicate things. I think we make things more we, we think ourselves into a, we're in a box. We think ourselves into a box. Okay. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. Um, I think when, I think when you dress, you should always dress. 
How can I say this without sounding? It's a judgment-free song. Just say I'll just it. say I'll just say you dress you dress how you feel. You dress for whatever the the situation is, whatever you're going into. Make sure that you just feel comfortable. Okay. It's more so of an inside thing than an outer thing. And one of the things that I think I love because um as you you mentioned before you know um about me knowing fashion i am learning every every day every day i'm constantly reading on something and trying to figure out ways to do certain things when it comes to fashion um i didn't just get it you you say you just you got it you styling just came on you it, it didn't hit I me i just woke up one it day and poof that's it didn't what I hit me like did. that it didn't hit me like that um but yeah, I also want to touch, I want to go back, I'm sorry. No problem. And I want to touch on something. Um, religious people and how they dress based upon the laws and based upon what they feel is considered to be modest. Mm. Um, I think that religious people sometimes when they're talking about fashion, they're talking about clothes and what to wear and what not to wear, they're also in the equation. Um, one of my favorite movies is um, The Devil Wears Prada. Mm, yeah, and I like that. Clip, That's a good one. And there's a clip in it where they're going, where Meryl Streep is building, she's building an outfit and they're putting things together and she calls in her assistant to come in mm -hmm. and they're, they're stuck between which belt yeah. to wrap around the ballerina dress. And the assistant kind of snickers a little bit because in her mind they look the same. Right. And Meryl Streep turns around and pretty much really gets her together and lets her know you're talking about fashion as if you're not a part of the equation. Like what you have on was designed for you to wear. Yeah. So with religious people, which I have nothing against religious people, do you think? But sometimes they look at it from, that's not me. Okay. Um, it's not a me approach. To that, I wish more religious people would look at it as that's not them. Because ultimately, if it's not them, they're not the one that purchased it, that wore it. They're not the one that would deal with God about it if it's something wrong with it. That's my view on that. And that brings me to the subject of the day. Spring fashion and the saints. <laughs> Oh, you had to know I was going to do it. You had to know. As we approach a more warmer temperature, as the sun shines a little brighter and the wind blows a little less, I want to talk about some spring trends that you've noticed, maybe some tips, and then I want to talk about the saints. So let's start off with spring trends. Now, in my experience of course spring is is normally a bunch of pastel colors you know they normally save the really vibrant ones for summer um talk to me about earth tones in springtime okay so nick um tell me me personally i love earth tones you know i love my browns and my greens and my bergenons and all those colors my oranges um so if you were going to give my listeners or the audience a tip on incorporating earth tones in the springtime, because spring is normally so colorful and so light, what would you say? How, how could we safely and still be fashion forward in incorporating 
earth tones into our spring fashion. Earth tones. Earth tones for me. Because I can only speak for me. But they're the group of colors that honestly you can wear year round. Um, you might want to add whatever the season, the seasonal color, the colors are. Okay. Um, okay. You can add accent pieces to it, but for the most part, earth tone colors are very safe. Okay. Okay. That's good. We, yeah. we like safe. We like safe. But for those of us that are a bit more daring, hmm. Well, then you make sure that your accent pieces are the flavor that you want it to be. Okay. Now, what we have discussed is a lot of do's. Let's talk some fashion don'ts in springtime. One of the things that I absolutely hate to see in the springtime is someone that got dressed in the morning without reading the weather report and is out at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, meaning she or he still has on their full trench coat with their scarf and their boots. That is a big spring don't. I encourage you, even if you don't watch the news, get the weather app on your phone. Check the weather and please dress accordingly. We don't want you out here in the middle of the day because I live in Florida. And in Florida, it's still wintertime at 7 a.m. Springtime hit us about 11 a.m. Somewhere about around 2 or 3 it might hit summer. Then by 7 p.m. we back at fall. So we have, to, we have to dress accordingly. And if you know you stay in a part of Florida or if you know you stay in a part of the country, the part, a part of the world that you have different temperatures try to dress somewhere in the middle because you want to be comfortable throughout your day you don't want to i don't want you to get dressed in the morning because you're really cold then in the afternoon now you're burning up and some of you may not have vehicles so i don't want you walking around with this big coat hanging on your arm now get you a light cute little cardigan cardigans are nice for the spring so nick what's one of your ultimate fashion don'ts for spring wearing white in spring hmm Let's go there. Let's dive a little deeper into that. Why? Oh, simple. Um, pollen. That is very smart. It's easier. Yeah, it's harder to keep keep clean. You know. <laughs> and and always year round. Year round. I know we're talking about spring, but year round. Dress in your, your size. That's a good one. That, that's all. I know winter, you know, when we had to, you know, bundle up and we had to... Um, Stay warm. It's nothing wrong with, it's nothing wrong with showing skin. It's nothing wrong with you know, um, for women to be you know sassy in their outfits and men to be a little bit more you know. Um, but yeah, dress your size. Um, with that, you can I have will have the perfect outfit, and because it's not in your size, anything that you got to keep pulling down, anything that you you in public and you constantly have to check and make sure that you you you, you shouldn't be. And it goes back to what I say, dress to what best represents you. Wow. Whew. That hurt my toes a little there. But um, I'm going to add to the dress your size. With get, find you a tailor, a seamstress even. Because one of the things that I have realized is that not many of us have a typical one size body type. Whether you're pear-shaped, whether you're, 
your um, triangle shape, whatever your shape is, whether you're round, obtuse, oblong, whatever your shape is, nine times out of 10, whatever you buy off the rack or offline is not going to fit you properly when you get it. It's nothing wrong with spending an extra $20 on that nice shirt to get it tailored to fit you. Now, if you know you fluctuate in your weight, then you may need to have you two or three sizes. I'm talking to our larger proportion people, specifically the males. Can we stop getting these button-up shirts in a size down and still wearing it when we're two, three sizes up? It's okay to let that shirt go. It's okay to let it sit in the closet. I know you might have paid a lot for it. It may even be your favorite, but you're not its favorite right now because those buttons are crying. Those buttons are very upset with you. And they asked me to speak on their behalf and ask you, sir and ma'am, please put that shirt up. And to my heavy-chested women, if you buy a blouse and it's that one button, that one spot that's open right there, put it back. Get you another one. It's okay. I know you don't want, I know you thought you were still a 16. It's okay. Nobody has to know that you had to get a 20. It's not their business. Get your right size and stop telling people what size you wear. Then you wouldn't be so embarrassed. So, Nick, before we wrap this segment, this episode up, anything that, one question I do want to ask before we wrap it up. So, before we, um, before we wrap up this episode, I do want to ask you, who has influenced your personal style the most? Um, hmm. I would have to say hands down my father. Yeah, my dad um taught me about presentation and how important it is to I don't care if you even go into the store. If you just go into the store, you dress. My grandmother used to put on pantyhose just to go to the grocery store. Like it's yeah. it's that I grew up in that kind of of setting. Um and so because of my father and how he dressed and his dressing was inspired completely by the 70s. I have a, a deep respect for okay, the 70s. Okay, I can understand that. Yeah, so. I can understand that. Hmm. Thanks, Dad. Aw, that's so sweet. Thanks, Papa Scott. Okay, now there is a new segment that we have introduced here at the Millennial Prophets Perspective, and it is called the What If of the Week. This week's what if question is, what if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned and we never learned we were naked? Now, as you guys have heard, I've shared some of my perspective. My friend, good friend Nick has shared some of his perspective. But I want you guys to write in, email us, give us some comments and let us know what do you think? How do you feel? What if Adam and Eve never sinned and we never realized we were naked? Would fashion be as important if we didn't have it? Just, I'm just trying to imagine Adam and Eve not partaking in the forbidden fruit, God not punishing them and, you know, them not having the knowledge. Could you imagine how much different the world would be without fashion? For some people, fashion is inspiration. For some writers, they, they, they look at fashion to, to be inspired. Excuse me, some painters and, and even some singers, fashion inspires them. I once heard a story about a lady, she wrote a whole song about a dress 
that she saw. And the song said nothing about the dress. It was a love song, but it was about her love for a dress. And, you know, but that's a whole other story. But I really want us to think about what if Adam and Eve had never sinned and we never knew we were naked. How different would your life be without fashion? As you know, we like to end every episode with a prayer. So let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today. We thank you for another time, for another opportunity to share with your people. We thank you for another opportunity to commune with you, God. We thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for the things that you have allowed us to share today, God. We thank you and we pray that something that we have said will be able to influence, will be able to help and to inspire someone, God. We pray even now that people begin to think concerning their fashions. We pray even now that people put more thought into their fashions and begin to express themselves and their uniqueness and their their authenticity even the more through their fashions. God, we pray even for those that are afraid to try new things in fashion. God, we pray that fashion and faith become a more mainstream conversation, that there will be more people to have these conversations, that that, that our faith will will open up, that, that, that our eyes will enlighten concerning fashion and faith and realize that those they really aren't two separate entities entities that, that they can be one thing, fashion and faith, fashion and faith. You can represent Christ with either. You can not represent Christ with either. And so God, we pray even now concerning those things. God, we pray even in our nation concerning those kids that may be in school, that may be bullied because they don't have the latest fashions. God, we know that fashion can uplift so many people, but God, we even pray for those people that, that has, have been picked on and have been ridiculed and bullied because of fashion. Those, those boys that dress a little different, God, we, we pray even now for those people that have lost their self-esteem because they took a fashion risk and it was not perceived well by others. God, we pray even now, God, that fashion will become more than just an expression of what the world wants to see, but more of an expression of who we are and who we we want the world to see. So God, we pray even now that your grace won't leave us and that your mercy will never run out. God, we love you and we thank you. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. I thank you all again for coming and listening to this episode of the Millennial Prophets Perspective. Remember, our motto here is these are this is not our life that we're living. So these are not our problems that we are giving. God bless you and have a great day until next time.